Hi, everybody. Welcome to Off the Podium. If you're in Model United Nations, you know that a lot of the time, us delegates are required to refrain from using personal pronouns and maintain professionalism. Well, this podcast is going to be defying all those rules. We'll be keeping you up to date on parliamentary procedure, as well as informing you on current affairs in realms of politics, entertainment, technology, and science with a simple and casual approach. It's never been more important to stay informed, so we hope you'll keep up with us. So let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Um, Welcome back. I hope everyone had a great spring break. Today, we're going to go ahead and get into some current events. So hope you enjoy this episode. This is the week of March 14th. The southern Texas border has seen a surge in the number of unaccompanied migrants crossing into the U.S. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has delayed receiving funding from the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, which could help test and quarantine families crossing the border. After the mask mandate was lifted on Wednesday, Abbott claimed that the Biden administration has been releasing immigrants in South Texas that have been exposing Texans to COVID in a CNBC interview on Thursday. At the same time, the Department of Homeland Security says that they have offered plans to the governor's office to try and get 100% of testing covered, but the grant money has yet to be approved by the state. According to Abbott's press secretary, there were strings attached to the funding regarding the regulation of border security. So essentially, Biden and Abbott are on two different pages. Biden is offering funding for the state government to handle it, while Abbott believes that the federal government should just take control of the testing entirely. Texas Representative Veronica Escobar says that after rejecting the funding from the DHS, Abbott's comments on Fox News claiming that immigrants are bringing COVID into the U.S. are inciting racism and xenophobia. According to the Associated Press, no evidence can be used to back claims that migrants are significant sources of the coronavirus. So while Biden and Abbott try to agree on what the next step should be in the midst of this record number of migrant families crossing the border, the Biden administration claims that they are trying to implement more humane policies than the previous administration. U.S. Customs and Border Protection released figures showing that authorities stopped more than 100,000 people from Mexico. This increase in arrests marks the highest monthly total since the spring of 2019. While the total has not exceeded the highest totals under the Trump administration, the trend is much higher. The Biden administration has said that Donald Trump's focus on constructing the border wall detracted focus from setting up processing centers and government facilities. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy wrote a letter to the White House saying, I feel compelled to express great concern with the manner in which your administration is approaching this crisis, but with hope that we can work together to solve it. Next week, McCarthy and other Republican lawmakers will pay a visit to the border themselves. Other figures show that the number of unaccompanied minors has increased to 3,500, where most of the kids in Border Patrol custody are over the age of 13, and nearly 200 are under the age of 12. Close to 1,500 have been waiting for longer than 72 hours, which is the legal federal limit, without being transferred to Health and Human Services. 
many adults are being sent back without the opportunity to make an asylum case. Roberta Jacobson, the White House Policy Coordinator for the Southwest Border, says, Neither this announcement nor any of the other measures suggest that anyone, especially children and families with young children, should make the dangerous trip to try and enter the U.S. in an irregular fashion. The border is not open. Sri Lanka announced that it will ban the wearing of burqas and will close more than a thousand Islamic schools for the sake of national security. The Minister of Public Security, Sarath Wirasakara, in the predominantly Buddhist country of Sri Lanka, signed a document that seeks the approval of the Cabinet of Ministers to ban burqas, the veil that covers the body and face of some Muslim women. He claims that he has had many Muslim friends and that Muslim women and girls never wore the burqa. He said, it is a sign of religious extremism that came about recently. We will definitely ban it. After the 2019 Easter Sunday bomb attacks on Sri Lankan hotels and churches, the wearing of burqas was temporarily banned after two local Muslim groups had been blamed for the attacks responsible for killing more than 260 people. Wirasakara also said that they will ban more than a thousand Islamic schools, or madrasas, because they are not properly registered and don't follow the national education policies. In order for these bans to be put in place, it will need to pass in parliament with a two-thirds majority. Earlier this year, Sri Lanka also mandated that the bodies of all COVID-19 victims must be cremated against the traditions of Muslims who bury the bodies. After pushback from international rights groups, the ban was lifted. Last Sunday, Switzerland also approved a burqa ban proposition which bans the wearing of facial coverings in public. While almost no one in the country's Muslim population wears burqas, this new law will ban the wearing of this face covering outside of religious institutions. Countries that have already banned facial coverings in public include France, Denmark, the Netherlands, and Austria. Some feminist groups and progressive Muslims were apparently in favor of the ban, claiming that full face coverings are oppressive to women, while other groups felt that these restrictions were Islamophobically motivated. The House passed a $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief package on Wednesday, which would provide a stimulus check of $1,400 for many Americans and billions to schools, governments, and businesses. This package will distribute $1,400 for a single taxpayer or $2,800 for a married couple that files taxes together. It also includes a check of $1,400 for each dependent or member, who, or member who relies on them for financial support, such as a child. This applies to individuals who earn up to $75,000 and couples who earn up to $150,000. Those who earn more than $80,000 as an individual or more than $160,000 as a couple will not be eligible. This eligibility also applies to the bigger tax breaks. So with this bill, these taxpayers can deduct $3,000 for every child they have between the ages of 6 to 17 and 3600 for every child under the age of six. Along with the full stimulus checks, this plan will reduce the number of children living in poverty by more than half 
according to the Center on Poverty and Social Policy at Columbia University. Titled The American Rescue Plan, this will not only help combat the virus, but also bring back the economy, according to Democrats. However, Republicans say that this package is unnecessarily expensive, will inflate the national debt, and will direct money towards programs that are not exactly related to the pandemic. In this new legislation, unemployment benefits will be expanded to $300 a week on top of what these people are already getting from state unemployment benefits until the end of September. This bill also ensures that recently fired workers can stay on their previous health care plans through September. Another aspect of this legislation is money for local governments and schools. So the federal government will be sending $350 billion to state, local, and tribal governments. But with priorities varying from state to state, critics are saying that this funding is excessive, seeing as some states still haven't fully spent the money from the legislation that Congress passed in March of 2020. $130 billion has been allocated for K-12 schools in order to manage class sizes, alter classrooms to suit social distancing guidelines, and potentially hire more nurses, custodial staff, and counselors. $40 billion has been reserved for colleges and universities in order for them to provide aid to students. Next up, the program for businesses, including restaurants and bars hurt by the pandemic, will, get, will be given $28.6 billion, allowing for up to $10 million per company and $5 million per physical location. This money can be used to pay employees, cover rent, and manage utilities. For COVID testing, the bill will provide $50 billion to expand testing and contact tracing capabilities. An extra $15 billion will be used to speed up vaccine distribution, $1 billion to boost confidence in the vaccine, and $10 billion to provide medical devices. For low-income household assistance, $30 billion will be allocated and $10 billion for other homeowners who are struggling to cover mortgage payments due to the pandemic. Finally, this bill will strengthen the coverage of the Affordable Care Act. Along with subsidies, the bill will give $3 billion for states to use towards mental health and substance abuse programs and $14 billion for the Department of Veterans Affairs. Marvel's first scripted television series, WandaVision, released its series finale last week on Disney+. This massively successful show has attracted a sizable audience through its release. After the release of just the first two episodes, the addictive show outpaced the viewership of one of the most popular Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. Over the first three days of its release, the show got around 434 million minutes of viewership, which was an early sign of success for the show. While the exact data regarding viewership is not released by Disney, Google Trends show that the search traffic of WandaVision did not come close to that of the other top shows of 2021, which include Bridgerton, Cobra Kai, Firefly Lane, and The Bachelor. WandaVision wasn't originally supposed to be the first Marvel series to be released. It was actually supposed to be The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which premieres next Friday. But COVID and the earthquakes in Puerto Rico delayed their filming allowing WandaVision to be Marvel's inception into the television space. 
While there are some concerns over whether WandaVision's success will overshadow that of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, its Super Bowl trailer largely surpassed WandaVision's with 125 million views compared to the 53 million views WandaVision got during the 2020 Primetime Emmys. But this still leaves us questioning whether or not WandaVision will get a second season. On February 24th, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige told the Television Critics Association that some Marvel series on Disney Plus are basically guaranteed second and even third seasons, but others will directly lead into a film, as is the case with WandaVision, which leads into the second Doctor Strange movie. But Feige and some of the actors, such as Elizabeth Olsen, who plays Wanda, and Paul Bettany, who plays Vision, have indicated that they would love to dive deeper into the stories of their characters. However, if there is to be a season two, we would likely have to wait for that announcement till 2022. Thank you all for listening and make sure to come back next week for another episode and we will see you all then. Bye.